0: to the right. Mariota drops, steps up, he can run a long way. 15-20, 25-30, 35-40, 45 50 45-40, 35-30, 25-20, 15, 10, 5, and so! 87 yards! Touchdown, Titans. Titan! Do the Titans have a miracle left in them? In what has been a magical season to this point. If they do, they need it now. Christie kicks it high and short. He's gonna be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Ishes it back to Wide Check. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's 40, got it! He's got it! 20, 10, He's got five. it! In zone! Touchdown! Tyson. There are no flags on the field! It's a miracle! Tennessee has pulled a miracle! I don't know that we've seen a dominant player like Steve McNair this year, or a player that was more dominant than Steve McNair was in that first half.
1: Welcome, this is the Transatlantic Titans podcast. We have been away for a couple of weeks. Um, I've been away, um, so i wrongly assumed that other people may have recorded a podcast in my absence. It turns out they didn't. Um, Adam is here. Greg and Miles are with me. How are we, gents? Afternoon. All good. Excellent. Um, you have a good Christmas? Is that, is that the... I mean, this is this is that sort of limbo time of year um, where you know, we're not working, really, or most people aren't working. It's just sort of killing time between uh, between one festival and another. Um, but um, what are boredom stakes like? How have you been?
2: Yeah, it was good for me. It was uh, pretty, pretty relaxed. There wasn't really a hell of a lot going on. But uh, yeah, did a bit of travelling for Christmas, which is not, which is not the norm. About five, six-hour drive, which is always fun. But um, yeah, Christmas is for me is is the time before you then have to tell everyone Happy New Year for the first four weeks of January. Every <laughs> time you see them um so yeah which will be a
1: non times related at some point i'm sure yeah there's a there's a cutoff there that's just not correctly enforced is there um you'll notice i didn't wish anyone a merry christmas because it's the 29th of december um christmas is, is finished depending on how you define it uh miles how about you um did you have a good one i see you you've got a nice pint of guinness in your hand
0: yeah i was uh i was lucky enough and lucky enough to not think that's the right wording, uh to be all over christmas so uh I, I had, uh, I'd had every symptom to say I had the dreaded C-virus without actually having the C-virus. Um meant you got to, when all the family were around, I had to do the responsible thing and avoid everyone and not deal with the same conversation of, oh, how have you been, what are you doing this year? And talking to them for once a year and avoiding all that usual stuff, which again, I'll we'll know that I end up being in on times at some point. Um, but no, other than that, got to watch all the Christmas specials of all the stuff on TV, which is all I generally look forward to. And then, yeah, very much now catching up on uh, getting rid of all the uh, festive drinks in the house.
1: <laughs> You're doing a fine job by the looks of it on that. Um, I had, I mean, I'd, I'd say I had quite an enjoyable Christmas. I went to a different country, which is quite an achievement uh, in 2021. I uh, hadn't done that for a while. Um, yeah, caught up with with my, my sister, her husband and kids in Austria, which was very nice. It, it feels proper Christmassy there. And... Uh, hang, rather than sort of going through the motions and f- fulfilling obligations it was sort of somewhere I wanted to be and people I wanted to be with so so it was good um, I did find time to get up in the middle of the night and watch a Titans game uh, I mean technically I watched two Titans games while I was there um, the first one in Pittsburgh yeah, we probably don't need to talk too much about um, maybe that's why you didn't pod in my absence um, hard to blame you um, but very much a game we should have won. Um, we were ahead, looked looked comfortable, and then momentum just suddenly started going the wrong way, and silly things happened, turnovers, etc. And it had the the game sort of had a vibe from sort of somewhere in the third quarter of a slide that we weren't going to be able to stop, and it was very clear watching how it was going to go. Um, and despite a a fourth down play right at the end where. One yard short, which sounds awfully familiar. Um, it wasn't to be. It never quite looked likely to be um, anyway. Uh, but um, luckily, we didn't speak to you immediately after that. We have seen the Titans get, I would have said, an unexpected victory on Thursday night football against the 49ers. Um, and again, a, a game of two halves, um, 10 zip at half time uh, looked like we were struggling. And what a second half. Miles, um, start with you. Um, how about AJ Brown? He's back.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, it's 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 you, you miss when uh, what's gone when it's not there, isn't it? You just forget how much of a safety blanket it is for Tannehill. Where Tannehill at times has been making throws and looking unsafe in the pocket, but suddenly throw receiver out there that is comfortable with, that he knows that can go there and make plays, just made the world a difference. And definitely a game of two halves. So it's safe to say, I think when we all heard the news about all the injuries going into the game on the offensive line, and then you see how easily the 49ers moved the ball down the field for their first score, you thought, oh, it's going to be one of them games. And then when we follow up and have almost basically a free and out soon after, it was um, it was a bit worrying. I won't lie, I was in one of them positions where I thought, you know what, I've got to be up early in the morning. Do I really want to go through this pain? But then I'm still calling them Janoris. Uh, um <laughs> Made well, that, a play that, which,
1: that was a big play, but I didn't think it. I
0: mean, it I didn't, if it goes the other, if it goes the other way, it, it's 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 fourteen nil, and you could be looking at a completely different game. So fair play to him, he stepped up, and then from that moment, really, the defense seemed to to show a little bit more about him. And like you said, second half, Dupree and others just made Garoppolo basically. Lose, I'd say it's almost he lost the game for the Forty ers as much as we made plays to sort of win the game, but. It, it was a it was a big victory, especially with some of the results that were happening elsewhere. It's um, one that, yeah, going into I don't think we're very confident, but coming out of it, it's yeah, looking back, it's huge going into Miami.
1: I mean, Kevin is it Kevin Burkhardt I think was on commentary, and at the they went they did the thing that they sometimes do of showing the commentators at the start of the second half, um, which I think like Fox, CBS, they all do it. And um, it was him. Uh, I've forgotten who was with him. It was, uh, Greg Olson, and uh, mm. he was just saying at the, the start of the third quarter, like I don't see how the Titans' offense is going to score. And I'm just I'm watching, agreeing with him. So, as sad as that sounds, it just didn't look like we were going to do anything. And then immediately in the third quarter, we did. We I think we a field goal from the first drive, and then another turnover, um, hooker on the first play for the Forty Nineers offensively. Um, then we score a touchdown. Suddenly, it's level. Um, what a what a start to the second half! It felt like I mean, Jimmy G didn't look good, um, and that was that was the thing that was was giving me hope. Um, but it wasn't just that. You know, there they were there were signs of life offensively, and we didn't turn the ball over. Greg,
2: no, I think that is the key. And um, if you look at all the games that we've lost this year against teams that we should have beaten, in particular it is turning the ball over that has cost us, and even the game, like the Pats game from three or four weeks ago, that that was another game that if it wasn't for the turnovers, it could have been a different a different day. So, it was key not to turn the ball over, um, and that was something that that really drove us in the right direction. I think at the end of the first half, I was thinking, "I'm relieved it's only ten nil." Yeah, I think yeah. at ten nil at, at halftime, I'm, I, that game could have been twenty-one zip, and no one would have argued. Um, but it wasn't. It was it was only ten zip, and that that for us was key. And then, like you said, it was just big moments. The interception, first play. Um, I think being able to put pressure on Garoppolo to make those mistakes because we know that he can make them. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that can make those kind of mistakes, but he's <laughs> certainly one of them. And then, really, it was that following drive with the touchdown that that really brought us right back into it at ten ten. And from there we ended up making it, it should have been probably more comfortable than it was um you know they went i think 95 yards towards the end of the game with debo samuel with with a big play um i can't remember how many yards it was that play but it felt like it was an eternity um, and all of a sudden we're back to 17-17 and and you're thinking right we need to go and get a field goal and are we going to be able to move this because it felt like that was a big momentum spin a uh, swing sorry it felt like that touchdown put everything I, back on I expected onto to stop again.
1: them on that drive and then that that big play just changed everything i agree um, and i think that was that was a huge swing and, and
2: them leveling it up i was thinking you could just see our offense getting a three and out here and and then all of a sudden they'll go and drive and and score a field goal to win it but it didn't it didn't turn out that way and and there were some big plays that i can't remember what drive it was on but the third and 23 was massive
1: i know it was a it was always a free play but well you still, this, this you still is can't make it that's the know. play that I want I want to talk about. All oh, I, I don't remember ever feeling I want to talk about a play one play at such length, but this was this was before that. This was uh, the previous touchdown drive. So this was 10-10, end of the third mm-hmm. quarter. Um, literally the end of the third quarter there was the play clock was bigger than the game clock. Um, and uh, there were audibles, fake audibles, fake noises, you know snap count. Um, what's the word the word that's completely gone from my lexicon um whatever Tannehill's shouting and um, there's a word for it help me out um but
0: audible or no
1: i don't know um but snap
0: count uh, it'll come profanities
1: this is this is embarrassing um yeah just try, i mean trying to one of those moments where yeah, they're you're clearly not going to snap the ball. Let's try and draw the defense offside for a cheap five yards. Um it's third and third and twenty-three. Um, what what's gonna happen? It worked astonishingly, ridiculously stupid play by the 49ers. Um, but it gave us a free play. So not just uh, not just the five yards, which were fairly meaningless, but do you know what? Nothing can nothing bad can happen. Let's throw it up there. Throw it up there in the vague direction of AJ Brown, and huh, lo and behold, he made a play. And you could visibly see Tannehill just sort of get like rise up and get bigger in that moment. It was just as if you know, he's been struggling for a few weeks. Oh yeah, that you can throw the ball downfield to elite wide receivers and get success. I've forgotten about that. This is fun. Let's do more of it. And suddenly, like the fourth quarter, it was just yeah, let's just keep throwing the ball to AJ Brown. It works. He's brilliant. And when you're a, a decent quarterback and you've got that kind of target, it gives you confidence. And it's just that, that was huge. It was just like that, that one opportunity. It was a bit of a gift. And um, it gave, it gave a Tannehill a risk free moment to throw and nothing could go wrong. And it was just like, okay, reminding himself that he could do it, that we had a receiver that could get it done. And we just saw more of that in the fourth quarter. And other than that Niners drive to equalise it was just all Titans from that moment or even yeah, even before that and, but that, it, that just that felt like such a watershed thing it was a massive moment and the only thing I didn't like about it was the fact that he was
2: I think both feet were in the air when he when he released the ball which was a bit of a,
1: bit a dodgy but as, it,
2: as, it's, a, as care, it's a free yeah. play it, it wasn't like it was going to matter but you're absolutely right it was, it was a huge huge moment you know third and 23 is I mean I, I wouldn't have been shocked if we'd just gone draw play and just try to Put ourselves in a better place from a from a punter. That position. was probably the
1: plan, if that was the first play. That, of the that's play. how we
0: ended the half as well. I remember yeah. we were short, weren't we? And we said, Oh yeah, let's just call a let's just call a draw on third and fifteen or something. And it's so demoralizing because then you just hear the crowd all just like oh, well, you get two yards from it and you think, Well, what a waste. But I do love the just the mentality of just chuck it up there. Brown's over there somewhere. <laughs> and the way he just because I mean I think it's what they used to do with Hopkins when he was in Houston, he was just like, Whatever quote was uh their eyes will be shut and they just lob it in the air. Go, Hopkins is over there somewhere; it'll work. But well, it's, it's going to work more is often that than it doesn't? I mean, yeah. Josh Norman's the gift that keeps gifting for the Titans. I mean, Derek <laughs> Henry's already lobbed him into another dimension, and now he's having to try and follow Brown on the field. It's just—I'm not going to say I feel sorry for the lad because he gets paid enough and he's a tool. But I mean, <laughs> as as long as he's on defense and he's around our players, long may it continue because he's oh, he's a waste of space.
2: I mean, the only thing—the only thing I also. Well, I'm not going to say I didn't like but kind of reaffirmed for me that that AJ Brown is is probably not a quarterback. I mean that throw and I can't remember if it was in the first half it was a interesting play call to say the very least. I mean the throw itself actually he it got some 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 decent power into it but uh yeah I'm not sure what that play call was all about. But I think look the, the defense really in in the in the second half in particular really took the game over to a certain extent and apart from that one drive which we've, we've already alluded to with the the big Debo play in particular you know we, we forced them to punt we, we turned them over on downs um, and put them into a position where you know we got the field goal that we needed and gave them what four seconds to, to come up with an absolute miracle which realistically even though at times I was still watching it behind a behind a cushion uh, when, still, when I was Kittle still worried at some point <laughs> I was waiting just yeah. to rip once, off once of
0: that. Kittle had the bowl you were waiting for it weren't you you yeah. thought oh here we go here's his YouTube highlight clip
2: but I'd much rather be in a position like that than you know in a position that we're, we're chasing games because I don't think that's our strength and for us I think that that was a huge win I think the forty nines are a very good outfit I think they're they're a team that could definitely even now, you know, it depends what happens We obviously get their quarterback situation and whether they can whether they can get enough. And they're in a really tough division, but wouldn't shock me at all if they end up in a wild card spot and play off football. They can run the ball well. They've got they've got good weapons. They've got a solid defense. I think that's a huge win for us. Yeah,
1: absolutely was, and it it felt it, it felt because it was a bit unexpected. Um, I think it surprised a lot of people. Uh, probably surprised even. Um, a lot of the team and the coaching staff, and the the manner of it. Um, the, you know, Rand, Randy Bullock, who he seems to have copped a
0: bit of flack a
1: couple of times in recent weeks. But you look at his stats, there's no reason for that at all. He's He's been getting the job done. And um, <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't far from the left up, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily that confident that the officials' arms were going to go up in that in that moment, but they did. He, yeah, he, he got it done, and yeah, here we are, ten and five with with two to play. Um, any other season, that's probably already enough um, to clinch a playoff berth, uh, maybe maybe even a division title. It's not as things stand. I mean, I think mathematically, a lot of weird stuff would have to happen for the the Titans to miss out on a playoff berth. Um, the, I mean, the the number one seed is still possible, and the divisional title I would say is still probable. Uh, again, yeah, we you know we've got to lose to the Texans and the Dolphins for that not to not to come about. It's a pity that the Colts couldn't have lost on Christmas Day. I don't know if either of you stayed up for that. Um, the their game in, in Arizona. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, that that wasn't to be. I mean, the, the Colts seem to. Seem to have come good at the right time. Although Carson Wentz now has COVID,
0: yeah. Apart from the whole team having COVID because they refused to get jabbed,
1: oh, it's fine because um, the NFL I mean, are
0: going to change the rules
1: so that they can play. Um, oh, so. of course.
0: I mean, I don't. I, I I probably speak for a lot of Titans fans. I can't watch Colts games because the amount of crap talk around Taylor and the MVP is just at the point now where it's driving me insane. Not just on in their games at NFL Network and everything. It's I'm sick of it. Yeah, he's on a decent run, but it's driving. Me. He there, there's there's players ahead of him and he shouldn't be in the the call for it, but somehow do, do he's know, still getting to
1: culture. It. I mean he's he's bec- he's been in the conversation because basically there isn't a stand up quarterback this year, or they haven't a lot of the the best QBs in the league haven't been playing that well. Although that's changed a bit in recent weeks, you know, mm-hmm. Mahomes and Mahomes and Rogers and even
0: I think Brady I think Rogers be is Rogers or Cooper Cup. Because Cooper Cup's doing things that haven't been done at receiver for a long time. Taylor's not breaking ridiculous records at this moment in time. He's just on a decent run. The but main reason t- the main t- reason
2: they keep talking about it is because everyone keeps reacting to it. And Titans fans are the worst yeah. on Twitter for it. It's because every single time someone brings it up that, that Taylor should be an MVP candidate, everyone blows off the handle. And it's absolutely doing my head in. Because, again, I've got to that point. It's like everyone knows that, you know... The, the numbers are there to see. Last year, Derrick mm-hmm. Henry had a, a by country mile a better year than what Taylor's had this year, with one less game. Everyone sees that. So if it's not good enough for Henry last year, it's not good enough for Taylor this year. And the excuse of "there's not a quarterback who's been stand out this year," uh, therefore let's just give it to a running back who's had a decent year or had a good year is is completely flawed. So okay, it's, it, that, it, it's that's a,
1: that's the reason for absolutely that's the reason for this chat. And and Colts, Colts fans can't admit that, can they? You know, it's, it's. I think I, I,
2: I, I totally. got to that point. I've got to that point with like, look, you have to respect that Taylor is a, is a good running back, absolutely. In the same way, you have to respect that that Henry's the king, and and ultimately for me is still head and shoulders above any running back in this league. I mean, I just. I've turned on. I think it was NFL Access or uh, I can't if was, if something like that. Anyway, on NFL Network, it's, it's it's on Sky, and I turned it on. I think it was like midnight last night, and there was one guy. I can't think of who it was now. who was saying it. He was saying that that Joe Mixon should be in the, in the MVP conversation, and and I was literally just sitting there thinking.
1: Okay, I imagine if they gave it to Mixon.
2: Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I I'd, I I'd, I'd find it absolutely hilarious. Then they started they started going through like the Kansas City game, and they were saying about um Kansas City Bengals game, and they're saying that you know Burrow's a better quarterback than Mahomes, and all this stuff. I was just literally sitting there thinking, they they spark this to cause controversy, so people go onto Twitter and whinge about it. So yeah. don't don't winge about it, and they'll move on to something more interesting.
1: Who's who's the guy? Um, Fox Sports. Uh, I for, I've forgotten his name. He's he's the worst. I think he's a Chiefs fan. Um, I can't remember the guy. It's just just people. Uh, he's got the most annoying voice as well. That guy, I think. Yeah, the one, yeah, who, the one who said that they would, yeah, the Titans yeah. Would, wouldn't be able to keep the Chiefs under 35 points, whoever yeah, that was. Um, but it, it's just saying stuff to get, to get a reaction, isn't it? That's the. I did it when Henry went down.
2: They were literally, you literally yeah. could count on five hands how many people sat there and said, Oh, the Titans are dead. Their season's over. And they do it, they do it because they want to spark that controversy. I mean, Adam Rank has made an entire career
1: out of it. <laughs> Although, funnily enough, he seems to like us at the moment. Yeah, I, know, I, I, I can't know. work out if he's being ironic. I think he's or... just
0: confused.
1: I'm not sure the feeling's mutual. Either. <laughs> yeah, well, here here we are though. It's I mean, we we need one win or a Colts loss to officially get it done, and it's it's likely going to come from somewhere. Is it going to come from the Titans beating the Dolphins on Sunday? Is the next question. Um, the Dolphins have won seven in a row. I'd argue that. They haven't beaten seven very good teams in a <laughs> row. Uh, but this is the Titans. These things don't matter generally. Uh, so, Miles, confidence levels um, about the well, Dolphins?
0: The, the thing, yeah, the thing with the Dolphins is, I think I heard someone say they're the first team to go 0-7 and, and then 7-0, and 0, <laughs> which is such a ridiculous stat when you think about it. And when you think about the teams, it's all well and good saying like who they did or didn't beat. And then you look at us and think who we've beaten and who we've lost to. In this league, it's just all over the place. My, my biggest concern is it's a mobile quarterback, which is my continuous thing throughout the whole season, and that the Titans struggle against quarterbacks that can move. And Tua can move. He's got it. And then whether or not he's got enough around... It's, it's difficult for me to say he hasn't got enough around him when they are currently seven games unbeaten, because they're getting it done. And they're getting it done with Waddle, who seems to be a great pickup in the um, draft. He was the first receiver, I think, picked up and defensively they're getting a lot of turnovers which is the biggest concern is that anytime the times have a turnover we lose our game we know it's the turnover battles where we come down and i think the dolphins have got the best turnover differential other than maybe the colts and their defense is on fire at the moment so if brown steps up and has a similar game we'll see how he does but the dolphins have much better cornerbacks than what uh, the 49ers do so that's where the big matchup's going to come but there's no reason we can't beat Miami, but I will admit that I'm a little bit more hesitant, purely based on they're a bit more of a mobile team than other teams that we've come up against. And they're on a good run of form, which in this league can be huge sometimes. Sorry to not be overly positive. We're still winning the Super Bowl. <laughs>
1: okay. That's more like it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see Tua as a, that much of a threat. I might be being blase or naive or even, yeah. I, overconfident I don't know but it doesn't despite him being mobile a bit I don't think he's that upwardly mobile um he's no Lamar he's no Kyler Murray in in my eyes um he makes mistakes that they wouldn't and that keeps you interested um yeah he might he might beat us a couple of times with his legs but I could see him turning the ball over a couple of times just as easily um it's the other side of the ball that worries me as ever um Despite AJ Brown, um, Greg. I mean, we're never going to relax about our offense um, until King comes back, are we?
2: No, I think it's definitely going to be not turning the ball over ourselves. That we just need a really clean game, and and it's going to be we'll see a lot of AJ. Who knows who we're going to have available? I mean, we, we're probably not going to find that out until until Sunday. Realistically, there's obviously players on COVID lists at the moment that we have no idea really where we stand with them. So. It's going to be key to to ensure that we're you know we're not doing anything stupid and, and losing to ourselves to a certain extent. In terms of two of being mobile, I think he's got the ability to be mobile, but I don't think Miami use him like that. Whether um, they change that for this and they see you know the success that the likes of Tyra Taylor had and from getting outside the pocket and trying to run with the ball and other quarterbacks as well, because you know, Miles was spot on. We always struggle against more mobile quarterbacks, um, but.
1: I don't yeah, know. Two it, has had two has had a couple of serious injuries that I think have curtailed that a bit, and yeah. maybe they've made them reluctant to to use that side of his mm. game that much.
2: I've not. I've not been on the podcast for three weeks, and I said this three weeks ago. It's going to be Houston winning. In let's face it, I, I really do think that. <laughs> um, I think this game. I don't like the matchup for it, and especially with the COVID cases and with injuries still still prevalent. I I, I do think it's a game that I that I probably fear more than any of the last few games that we've had. Um, Steelers game was 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 one we just absolutely dropped the ball on and, and lost to ourselves again. Um, the 49ers game I I'd kind of ruled out really realistically based on on where we were, but that was un- unexpected This game I would not be shocked at all to to lose it. And to be honest, with you, I think we will we will for, even though we've already lost to Houston this year. I think this team will they don't they won't care whether whether it will be this game or the next game, just win one of them. That's that will be their mentality. Um but it will be, obviously, of course, they would look to go and win it immediately. But I think it's going to be a struggle. I do. I think it's going to be, if, if if the players are on the COVID list right now, if none of them play, and I don't think we'll be at that point, but if none of them play, this Miami defense will, will absolutely boss that O-line. I really do think that. By the way, we didn't mention um, Dylan... Radens, Radens, now you say his name. Um, massive shout out for the performance that he put in against the 49ers. I think he stepped in pretty adequately, realistically, when you look at, you know, I mean, if Joey Bose is moving from one side to the other, you're doing something right. Um, so I think yeah. but at the same time, this Miami defence, I think nine sacks against against the Saints. You can't have Tannehill taking nine sacks if he does he, you know, you're going to turn the ball over because it will force him into third and long situations where there's more possibilities of that happening or more possibilities of draws that Downing will uh, will, will dial up well, but um, also
1: possibilities of one or two of those sacks being worse than just a sack and that's the other how how he's not come away with
2: a serious injury this year is an absolute
1: miracle and this would be the worst time to get it well, I was... meant I meant fumbling the football but yeah that's that too I mean, uh, yeah that's, yeah fumbling it's a yeah. concern isn't
0: it i think I want... it's his expensive playing receiver It sounds stupid, but you almost know how to get tackled. Like, you're meant to go a bit limp. You're meant to not sort of tense. I think with quarterback sometimes, they they tense up. And then sometimes injuries come from how you're actually getting hit. I think with Tannehill, sometimes when he's getting hit, he almost knows, even though sometimes he's fumbled the bones off, I think he's got a bit more experience in how to look after yourself a little bit. You see that with
1: the way he runs, rather than the default slide or the Oh, yeah. His 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 mentality
0: is get that first out.
1: Yeah, but but also, yeah, he's sensible about when he does it and and where he where he runs. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he you knows how to slide. I don't think I've
2: ever seen him slide on a football field <laughs> in my life. But the um the the other thing just around COVID because I think look we haven't really spoken too much about COVID. but I think we should. There's I don't know how many players have gone on the list from the Titans and there's a lot of teams that have been impacted by this. I don't actually think this is the worst time for us to be impacted to a certain extent because you're going to get to a point where. The chances of a player catching COVID again between now and and the Super Bowl, where we're realistically going to be in uh, in several weeks' time, the chance of them catching it again is actually pretty slim. So them them getting it now, whilst well, not good for this coming Sunday potentially, unless the NFL decides to tweak the rules and say you can do what you want, um, is actually I don't think is actually the end of the world. I think it would be a lot worse. Obviously, catching COVID in the first week of the playoffs. I mean, if something. if
1: another if another ten names suddenly appear on the list today, then I might start to start to worry a bit about it. I mean, we've got a couple of big names. We've got Autry, um, Jayon Brown. Um, off the top of my head, Lu- Luan one was a few days previous, wasn't he? He was a few days previous, but I think he's had it quite bad. when the sounds of it, okay. Uh, but I mean, the likelihood is some of some players will be back by Sunday. Some won't. We just don't necessarily know who at this
0: point. Um, it's I think, just. It's, um... I'm sorry, I was thinking what Greg is suggesting is, is that we beat Miami and then almost have like a chicken pox party, like kids yeah. do when they're younger, and then we'll have, gets us, we'll together have
2: a super, super spreader event. Everyone, everyone super just gets spread out, COVID. yeah, it's
0: like them we'll make out with each other on the practice field, <laughs> and then in 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 the playoffs, they'll be fine. I think that's what we're suggesting, right? And
2: I'm, I'm not, alert. I'm not definitely not suggesting let's give bit players COVID, but I, actually, I just think it will be one of those things that. You know, if you do, if you do get it over the next week or two, if we can nail down this playoff spot, I think those teams will be stronger in the playoffs because unless you've, you get you know serious implications off the back of it and go full Bo Brinkley and all of a sudden just don't have the power that you once had, you know, it's realistically you're going to be even stronger for it. Um, the biggest, the biggest issue I've got with COVID is, is, is kind of for me, is ru- ruining the spectacle of the season. Like we we are going to be in a position outside of just forget the Titans for a second, but potentially the Titans too. But you know you could potentially have a playoff game where two two of the the quarterbacks, first choice quarterbacks for for a team, aren't available because of COVID, and they're right. going into a wild card playoff game or into a divisional playoff game or even an AFC championship game.
1: You could you could have a team that loses because of it and is knocked out of the playoffs now you could lose a regular season game because of it. I think we've seen, we've certainly seen that from the Browns and yeah. um, one, one or two other, other teams this year. Um, ironically with the Titans last year, we saw us win a game um, in that situation, but yeah, it, it, you can, you could live with a regular season game cause you could argue, well, win some more else elsewhere in the, in the year. Um, but yeah, there could, there could be a team that just loses could... their, loses their Super Bowl opportunity just because of that.
2: And it could be a playoff implication, you know, if, if we do get to a point week 18 against Houston, the inevitable win and in situation and all of a sudden, you know, all of our other players who haven't already been on the list go on the list. And we've got, you know, again, where we've been for the last several weeks with yeah. backup receivers and backup players here, there and everywhere, then, you know, arguably we could miss out on a playoff spot because of it. I don't think that realistically the chance of that happening is, is pretty slim. It
1: might miss out on a, t- on a divisional title, but it's, but also, it's... also, in in that eventuality, we should be cross about the fact that we lost to the Jets. We lost to the Texans first time around. We oh, lost absolutely. to the Steelers. Not not this. This is this is this is what I'm getting at. But yeah, it happens in a playoff game. It's it's not you know you can't you you can't say the same thing, can you? It's just no, absolutely. But you, you you still have to play the cards that you're
2: dealt. And if that week 18 is a winning in for not just for us but anyone, and they and, and they're pretty much whole their team goes down whether you look back at you know the Dolphins are a good example of this I think they've got to win the next two games for them to to make the playoffs or I'm not sure if there's any other permutations to it sure they can look back to the fact they were 0-7 sure of course they can but you you know it's it's the same with the I guess with the Colts to a certain extent if they were to miss out for whatever reason you know they can look back at were they 1-3 or whatever they were so, but it's one of those it's a bit, it's ones a bit for me. Like
1: our our 2009 season. This is geeky. I don't know this is a <laughs> um, it for the for the Dolphins. So I think they did they win their first game and then lose seven and then win yeah. seven something like that. And then, but we in 2009 lost our first six and then I think won five straight or maybe six straight ourselves. And then it got to the point where hang on, we were zero and six and might make the playoffs. And then I think there was a game. Like charges on Christmas Day or something like that, and we just absolutely crap the bed um, in, a, in a key moment. And um, because there's, there's a problem when you're zero and six or one and seven is you can't afford to not turn up one week um, no, because you'd literally need to win every game. And that that's that's how it how it is for the Dolphins. I suspect there's actually in a weird way more pressure on them, and there shouldn't be um, <laughs> from where they were. And um, but the fact they have put this run together, they'll they're suddenly might not play quite so freely when there's actually something on the line it's quite easy to to win games when they don't mean anything when you're one and seven you play with a bit of uh, you know you play with no pressure don't you
2: i think they they're walking into this game still underdogs though in in regards to uh, in their own in their own office they'll they'll sit there and think we're not expected to go to to Nashville and win this so they will i still think they'll they'll play with no real fear but agreed compared to 3 weeks ago when the last time we were having this conversation at that point they were on a, still on a good run i think they'd won four straight but they were still very much outsiders for to make to make the playoffs now there is a an opportunity that they think they've to beat us and beat i think it's the patriots they play but i see it day. i
1: see it you're playing a, instead of playing a team that actually might be dangerous from the fact that you're probably going to get fake punts and they're going to go for it on fourth down and stuff like that now there's actually something riding on it for them yeah, they're going to be playing those those plays a bit safer, and in a in a funny way, it might be a bit easier. So in a way,
2: we're dreading winning in against Houston Week 18. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, too much. I'm I'm dreading that anyway because I mean, they they seem to just be so Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they they beat the Chargers oh. and scored 35 points or so on the Chargers last week. So uh, and after that's, that's already... why we've got to get it done this week at home. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
1: But it's still going to be winning in Week 18. We all know that, right? Stop it! Stop <laughs> it's, it. No, it's, going be, it's going to be win and get the number one seed, Greg. That's what it's going to be. Possibly.
0: Yeah, it's going to be There's a chance. Tannehill revenge game. Tannehill's going to uh, take advantage of all the times in Miami where he got booed. He's going to show them what they're missing.
1: Yeah, it's the first. It'll be the first time he's faced them. Um, incredibly, mm-hmm. it's the first home game against the Dolphins in six years. We've seemed to play them e- like every year in Miami. It's felt like, you know, not since we've had Tannehill. Um, But just a weird schedule quirk. Um, Yeah, we twenty fifteen was the last game in Nashville, and uh, we weren't good at that point. Let's just let's just say. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm I'm reasonably confident, but you know I'm sure that'll evaporate um, at the at the right moment on Sunday. I'm never confident, but I'm here for the ride, nevertheless.
0: Some we have we have three days for anything to get announced with COVID, haven't we? Like, all it yeah. takes is like Miami yeah, to announce that suddenly two is out or something. And then, I mean, like...
2: if you've seen the the COVID rates in Florida, I don't know what they're doing with the Miami players. They must be just locking them in to the, to yeah, the I facility just say, and saying you're not allowed it out.
0: Intense.
2: It's gone absolutely little... bonkers down there. Like, I'm amazed yeah. that I think they've had a few cases, but they haven't lost
1: anyone big. But also, they, they've got the advantage of other teams and the fact that they can have meetings outside, they can do more outside just for the weather mm, um, and uh, that mm. might mean that the spread amongst the team is reduced because of the way they do things, um, although it's been incredibly mild in Nashville over Christmas mm. by, but, yeah, I'm, not, it, that's, I'm clutching at straws here um, if I can, <laughs> can uh, halt the spread of uh, COVID due to the weather um, yeah, bigger things at play I think yeah, it's we're going to have one eye on the Colts as well. Uh, let's be honest; they are playing, they are playing the Raiders and the Jags to finish now.
0: Mariota to come in and play quarterback is what we want. I don't <laughs> wish COVID <laughs> on anyone, but if Carr gets COVID, then it's all down to Mariota.
1: <laughs> I've, I've seen a few tweets see. on this. I mean, if if Wentz, I mean, I assume Wentz isn't going to play.
0: Although... He's, he's, he's unvaccinated, so it's minimum ten days. I'm yeah, saying, but, I he was well. Out
1: aren't they sort of bending the rules on this? I'm, I'm hearing
0: because uh, they said Leonard would miss two games because he was unvaccinated. So I'm assuming it's meant to be the same for,
1: yeah, but within, yeah within the last day, they've sort of announced re- reduced, well, reduced time that you need to spend, um, but also, yeah, potentially. I may. I mean, I, I could be speaking complete garbage here, but I, it's I moment, think
2: it's moments like that that just make you think this has got to be scripted, doesn't it? Like, this is yeah. just the the narrative around the Colts, the hard knocks they push that like
0: ridiculously.
2: Yeah. Like this, just feels like it's it's almost just written from a script.
0: Brady, I'll get in. You'll be allowed to play. Yeah. Uh, what I would
1: say though is I don't think Carson Wentz is as big a loss for them as a quarterback is for a lot of teams. They take take Jonathan Taylor out, or well, I was gonna say Leonard, who's out anyway. Um, but who's their backup? To... I can't even remember who their backup is nowadays. Uh, so it have got a rookie. Uh, I can't. I can't remember not, the guy's nah, name. Not Eason is it? No, he's No, another another rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, unless they call Philip Rivers up. Huh,
0: yeah. I hope they do. But he's <clears I you> probably <throat> had another child, another child over Christmas, probably.
1: Oh, twins! I, I imagine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Two different mothers.
0: <laughs> Twins?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's impressive. All right. Uh, Superhuman, that guy. What you do know is that if the Raiders somehow beat the Colts, um, the Titans will also beat the Dolphins because um, that's just how it goes. So let's let's hope that's, that we're in that position, 11 and 5, next week. Um, yeah, any other Titans chat we need to go through? I mean, the, the COVID is the the one unknown, really at the moment and the King's going to come back at some point. I mean, it's, it's not going to be this week, Uh, whether, I mean, it, it might be the case that if we do need to win an in in Houston, that he's rushed back a bit sooner than he may otherwise have been. I suspect if we get the job done, there's no way he, he plays in week 18.
2: I'm not, I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be shocked if even if he did. I think as soon as he's healthy, he'll be out there at least getting some rust off. I don't think he'll. Yeah, certainly not be doing 30-40 carries in that game. But wouldn't be shocked at all if he, even if we won on Sunday, if he was back with five, six, seven carries just to just to get his eye in a little bit. I mean, I'd love to see him get over a thousand yards when he's not played over half a season. Just, just <laughs> purely because it would just wind up so many people. How many um, does he need to
1: overtake Jonathan Taylor? He could do that against Houston, <laughs> yeah. couldn't he? That's 700 but yeah. That's yeah good. He could Dude. do
0: it against, against Houston, yeah. If, you get, Kays, if, you get, if right he gets... Job um,
1: done. You know, he might need at least
2: 20 or 30. But, uh, just just give him first five or six to get his eye in. But no, I think um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he did come back and, and try just to shake a bit of rust before the before the playoffs. Um, Especially the soon,
0: if, you're, soon, if you're banking uh, on the bye week in the playoffs. You don't want him to go at it with no form of live contact behind him do you or do you think he's still I mean I guess like people skip the um friendlies at the start of the season so often that it's like it's actually that important but I think I, say, if I, see, if you...
2: I think that was some of the reason for that for that first week not mm. being as good as it was was down to Rusty. there was there was there were some players who didn't take a single snap in pre-season
1: well we, uh, even... we got we had COVID at that point
2: but, <laughs> yeah well, Tannehill did didn't, back didn't back he? I think yeah, yeah. So I, I I personally think getting him in for granted maybe less than ten carries I I I'm not against uh, because I I genuinely do think it will it would help us once we were to get then into the playoffs where we have a bye week because we're number one seed or not um, I think it would definitely help us but he's huge getting him back is going to be huge because I I generally think defenses will go back to uh, we've got we've got to put a lot of focus onto him but they won't know how we're going to necessarily. Are we going to play the same way as we were prior to his injury? Probably yes, but to a certain extent, I don't think you can say 100. percent He's going to be carrying the ball 35 times.
0: I, I, I really, I, I
1: really hope he doesn't. If his first game back that would worry me.
0: Not a lot. his first
2: game, but I'm talking yeah. in the playoffs. Like when he comes oh, sure. back yeah. the playoffs,
0: yeah. playoff football that. is when you need him at his best, don't you? It, it, it's the, playoff football is when the running backs really come into the game where you just and it's. It, it's a huge risk to give him the ball 30 times, but are you telling me first game, if we need him, that they won't do that?
2: If we need I, him to do that, we'll, he will do that
1: 100%. But whether they will game plan for him to do that, I don't think that will be the case. I'd like to see him with a high snap count and a lot of passes when he's on the field, mm-hmm. uh, because he'll make that possible. I was that was, it, was, what it, was it a pass passing play? On. Sorry, I'll go
0: I was just going to say, with what Brown's just done against the 49ers, you know, defensive coordinators now are going to be, even though they already were, not to say people would have forgot about him, but because he's had his time out, I think he's back on the radar of a lot of defences, and he's got to be getting a lot of attention, whereas I think the 49ers often, he wasn't really double-covered, was he? He was just sort of, and I think going forward again, and if you can get Henry back in there, the old argument we had at the start of the season when we went on that run, there's there's only so much coverage you can do while stacking the box. Yeah. And if Henry's out there yeah. and you think he's going to get the ball, what coordinator is going to risk not leaving people around the box to stop him?
2: That's why having Julio out there on last Thursday was still key. Even though I think got mm-hmm. one catch for seven attention. yards, he just, draw- yeah, exactly that. He draws that attention to, it could be coming his way. I don't want to cover AJ, double cover AJ. I want to make sure we've got enough support there. Because if it does come his way, we will know what he can do. Sure, he's not going to rip off 80-yard runs, but... It, you know, he'll pick up first downs and he'll it, and catch the ball. We don't like targeted him. We didn't have to, luckily, against uh, against the Niners because AJ went in just completely off. But it's going to be interesting. I think like, this, the Miami game is going to feel a struggle coming a little bit, but um, I've felt a struggle against against the Niners. So
1: it's going to be one of those ones, I think, that could go either way, really. Well, let's cross our fingers um, because that's all we can do from here. Uh, just cheer on the Raiders! Absolutely, obviously, <laughs> who have done incredibly well considering everything that they've gone through <laughs> this year. Um, but yeah, just one one more win, Las Vegas. That's all we need. Right, non titans related. Um, let's finish this off. Um, Miles, um, oh, it's been two or three weeks since we've we've spoken. Um, other than being a bit unwell? Anything you want to get off your chest?
0: Yeah, I had one that I'd built up for a couple of weeks and I'd weighed up at one point whether or not I could put it on social media safely without getting like, that attack. So I'm going to gamble on here and hope it's okay. Um, one I'm very thing that nervous I nervous at this point. <laughs> I think you guys are safe. It's just my reputation. No, I well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> some, my big concern, not concern, something that really gets to me is on social media, especially around the festive time people always posting pictures of how they decorate the house and they're all together as a family and it's all nice and stuff and people if they've got newborns they've decorated their kids and put a little nice i don't know christmasy thing on them and everyone always automatically goes oh my god your, your kid's so cute and gorgeous let's be honest most kids are ugly as hell and it's a generic thing that people say and i've decided that i've had enough of people say when someone says oh your baby's very cute when it's not it's ugly Ugly as hell, <laughs> and it does man, it does man nothing. When people, no matter what, just because they're a little baby, they have to automatically go look how cute they are. When actually they look like they've been punted by Brett Kern, <laughs> and it does I hate it when people automatically just go oh, look how cute they are. Oh look at, and they're not. They they look horrific, and it's not cute. They're not adorable. It's not, and it drives me insane. And the amount of times online where I've gone, your baby do not look cute. It literally looks horrific. Um. <laughs> But because they're young, you can't say it's like it's like the oh, I don't know. So that was oh, it. I mean, I,
1: I, if you're myself and Mrs. F, uh, you can chuckle and privately say that to each other very frequently when you
0: see things like that.
1: Uh, it's very entertaining.
0: Does <laughs> you automatically just think? Oh, there's so a dove on you. Just there thinking, other no, than that, what what what's wrong with you? Are you not seeing the same thing that I'm seeing? It's um <laughs> a, a jazzy insane. And yeah, so i didn't want to i thought there's no point in comments going after individuals on facebook going well actually no your kid's really ugly but at the same time it's i was like look at it how can you actually honestly hand on heart say that's adorable
1: (laughs) excellent um greg not much to moan about
2: um i find um, that hard to believe yeah i mean there's there's certain things i'm sure but nothing that's broadcastable um no, for me, it was, I was just going to bring up, because it's not been mentioned, it's, it's still NFL related, but obviously John Madden passing away, um, as a coach, it was a bit before my time, um, I mean, even as a broadcaster, I only really saw, only kind of glimpses here and there, really, Um because I'm that young, I'm sure Adam will have fond memories well, of, of many things that, that obviously he did as a broadcaster, possibly even a coach, because we all know how funnily, much you are. Well,
1: well, 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 steady. Fun, funnily <laughs> enough, you've stolen my thunder on this. Uh, apologies. That's that's fine. Let's chat about John Madden, because um, that's somebody who was, well, I mean, three facets, and was absolutely elite with all of them, and they are coaching... Broadcasting and developing a video game series, and it's 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 a huge. Well, I say it's a huge loss. And um, the man was eighty five. Um, he's he's done what he's done what he was he was he was going to do. Um, it's incredibly sad. Of course, it is. Um, the story with uh with Oakland in the seventies is is incredible. The level of of consistency he had with them. Um, eventually won won the Super Bowl, uh, but then I mean it, I am to too young to remember that, Greg, um, other than watching documentaries and, and seeing footage. And um, technically I was born in the seventies, but not quite old enough to remember his coaching. But I certainly remember you know growing up and watching you know, staying up late at night and it's Pat him with Pat Summerall in the in the in the booth. And that was just uh, it felt like in like the romantic in me, it felt like there were crackly voices, you know, being beamed across the world. And it was just mind-blowing and it just felt like sort of a little nice treat that only I was getting you know within the, the early days of having the watching the game over here it felt like it felt like it was just you and they kind of had this way of of calling the game that it felt like they were only talking to you and it and it was just special and yeah he just he I can't remember who it was 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 talking about this on on Twitter earlier. I was just reading it was a bit of a thread about about the, his broadcast style, and it was just the the ability to explain the game to someone who didn't know it that well, while at the same time not being patronising to someone who did. And there are precious few that could do that. And and he was entertaining. Boy, was he entertaining! You'd what you know you'd. Just the, the the flamboyant style of he talking to like the way he could talk about just a hit or a tackle, uh, like like nobody else could. Um, it, was, it was Pat Summerall when I was I was growing up, and he obviously later he was he would call games with Al Michaels. Um, his final game was at Cardinals Steelers Super Bowl, uh, one of the the best Super Bowls there's ever been, um, and I just felt felt fitting really. He, he retired at what? So yeah, sort of in his early seventies. Yeah. And, yes. and is, yeah, but very well, very well deserved. Sad, sad, sad day. Um, I probably stole everything you were going to say, but that serves you right, Greg, for us doing, for doing yours mind. in the
2: first place. No, it's fine. I fine. Mean, all I was going to say was there's a lot of a lot of younger people. Um, including the likes of Miles, who will only remember him for for the video game. We'll remember him for that. You know, they'll know Madden as Madden the game. They won't know as Madden the person. It was a little bit before my time in terms of probably having the um, the appreciation. I think that you'll probably have, or and certainly a lot of other people will have. Um, but I, I watched a long, long time ago. Probably a few years ago, I watched the Football Life. Um, and that told you kind of so much about kind yeah. of what, what he did and what he was, and um, and then from that, that kind of gave me a massive respect for 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 who he was and what he was. So, but yeah, it's, it's obviously sad. Um, I'm really glad I went for this rather than how overrated New Year's Eve is, because it feels like a much more poignant <laughs> end. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but we can pick that one up next week, um, and then hopefully we'll be picking it up as a eleven of five team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What a good way to good way to end. Um, obviously tighten up uh, but rest in peace John Madden